One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I don't know about you, but when I think of vacation, it's not quite complete if I'm not doing some movement, if I'm not getting out and having an experience. Why not join us for a vacation and move your body, laugh, experience joy with us in Europe this summer? That's right. The Lit Team is coming to Europe. We start off in Paris, France, July 15th through 16th. Ooh la la. We have two classes there. Prime your power and find your lift. We also have some excursions like private wine and vegan cheese tasting and a Sunday brunch. Then we head on to Frankfurt, Germany, July 18th through 20th. There I'm doing three classes, Power of the Pole, Master Soas, and Set to Launch. We also have a private guided bike tour that you can join us on. So it's not just in the studio, but outside. We congregate. We laugh, we experience good food, we have fun. And then finally, we will end up in Salzburg, Austria, July 22nd and 23rd. There will be three classes there, sustainable shoulders, better backbending, and spark. And then you can join us, I'm so excited for this, on a private Sound of Music bike tour. That's right. You can do things in the studio, outside the studio, move your body, learn from us. You don't have to be a Lit Daily subscriber. You don't even have to ever practice Lit. But do you want to know more about your body? Do you want to have hope for your future self by actually learning educational tools while having such a great time with us? So join us. Go visit the show notes and sign up. Remember, we're going to be in Paris, Frankfurt, and Salzburg. And we'd love, love, love to have you join us. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Friday with Friends. I am so thrilled to have a wonderful woman on who is a new friend, Amanda McKinney. Amanda happens to be a mutual friend of mine and several of my teacher graduates, and she is just full of wisdom and generosity. Today we talk about marketing, we talk about entrepreneurship, and you can be an entrepreneur and be the only person in your business. So it's important to recognize that you have that skill and own it. Like I always talk about how I was a reluctant entrepreneur and I've really had to learn and 
wow, do I wish I had Amanda back in the day when I started. She is a recognized thought leader and coach on accidental entrepreneurship. She's the author of Why Not You? An Accidental Entrepreneur's Guide to Success and host of the Unapologetic Entrepreneur Podcast. As a coach, she helps accidental entrepreneurs navigate self-doubt so they can take action and relentlessly pursue their definition of success through utilizing her wonderful framework. We go into some of her tools that she uses, her own background, and so much more. Whether you're an entrepreneur or just a person who has some things that you're passionate about, you will learn so much from Amanda. So please enjoy our conversation. Welcome, Amanda. Uh, thank you so much for coming. It was really delightful to, to talk to you beforehand. And on that note, um, just welcome and thanks for your time. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Like we were talking about, I've known of you through so many of my clients, and I've just been watching your incredible business from the sidelines. So to be able to chat today on your podcast is such an honor. Well, thanks. So let's launch right in there because <laughs> I always kind of like, I feel like a little bit of a kid um, when people are like, oh, your business and you're such a great entrepreneur. And I'm always like, <laughs> I kind of don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I, you know, so I think what's great is one of your uh, kind of taglines or welcome is that this reluctant entrepreneur, there's so many people and you reference some of them that, you know, don't even didn't intend. Like if you said to me 20 some years ago, you know, you're going to run a brand and have a business and have to you know do selling and marketing, I would have been like, no way. <laughs> I am like a clinician. I'm into science. I there. This is the farthest thing that I can imagine. Um, I'm sure I'm not alone. So how is it that people become reluctant entrepreneurs and how do you identify like somebody that is actually an entrepreneur who hasn't yet kind of taken on the label? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this so much because this idea of someone, what I like to say is like stumbling into entrepreneurship. And really, the people that I resonate with and end up at my virtual doorstep are the ones who are following a passion or a hobby. So like yourself, you learned a ton about the body and movement. I could ask you almost any question and you would have the answer. I mean, I've soaked up so much knowledge from you, yet you don't probably feel, like you said, like you have enough information because you probably didn't go to business school right? To run this business. Mm -hmm. And so there's this interesting situation that we get ourselves in because we, we know a lot about the passion or the hobby. But as soon as we put on that entrepreneurship hat, it's like all the self-doubt comes with it. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. And so that's who I love working with versus the person who is like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Like they just know that that's what they want to do. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just a different mindset. It is a different mindset. And I think in a way, like working with the people you work with, like myself, is has got to be really delightful because we are really following this passion. It is like, you know, uh, it's in my DNA. It's in my cells. It's not something I like clock out, clock in. It's I'm living it. And, you know, in my circum my you know in my particular circumstance i just saw a real gap a void of um tangible important information for yoga teachers who were teaching movement but didn't know much about the body 
and realize like this doesn't they don't have to go to PT school like I can teach them how right. to do it and then I also you know came up with a, a particular methodology realizing there were some gaps again in in having you know habits that people develop over time and and trying to shift them um, for yourself you you were in marketing like how did you decide that you wanted to do marketing. Like, how did you, at a, as a young person, even know what that was? Like, I, how would you define marketing and how did you know you wanted to do it? <laughs> oh, that's so good. I really appreciate how you were talking about how you just found the gaps. And, and you didn't say these words, but I'm, I'm listening and hearing. And, and the, the little bit that I know of your story is you took one step at a time, right? Total, oh, yes. One step at a time, figured it out maybe not fully confident, but you kept going. And and I would say I have a very similar story. So I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, right? I knew I was going to go to college. It was kind of in the path for me. And I'm very grateful for that, by the way. I had parents who supported me in that. And, and so it was in the cards for me. So I went to college and I thought, oh, shoot, I have to declare a major, right? Like it, we were, were flashed with this and you're 18 years old trying to decide what you're going to do for the rest of your life. I had no clue. And the first thing I declared was journalism, thinking, okay, I don't even that know what made cool. me pick it. Like, <laughs> like, I was just like, okay. And the funny story is that I was in one of the, one of the first classes that was actually journalism, not like gen ed. And I massively failed at a assignment. And I realized, I don't think journalism is for me. Because it was like a wake-up call. And it, the, what happened was the professor had emailed everyone at 2 a.m. And he had told us many times, like this was not the first day he said it, he told us many times, the news doesn't happen when everyone's awake. Like you have to be, you have to check your email, you have to do these things. And sure enough, he emails everyone at 2 a.m. and gave an assignment. Like this happened, write this article, right? Well, I show up to class like a normal day. Everyone else is turning in their assignment. I have nothing. There was probably a few other people in this spot. And I realized, I don't think I want a job that I have to be awake at two o'clock in the morning. No, Checking I value my account. sleep a little bit more than that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I changed my major at that point. And I was you like, should, and okay. did you thank him? Did you say yes. thank you? That You saved me, <laughs> yes. you saved me a lot of time here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you know, it's funny reflecting on that story right now is... I, I'm going to tell you how I ended up in marketing, but really, I feel like I can relate a lot of things to marketing. And that is one of them of, you know, he did such a great job of weeding me out. You know, he mm -hmm. he attracted the right people who were like thriving in that. And he repelled the person who was like, absolutely not. I do not want to be in that position. And so we do the same or I hope we do the same in our marketing. You know, we want to do that push-pull of the attracting and the repelling. So anyways, I do thank him for that <laughs> because I did not want to be a journalist after that. And so I ended up really focusing in communications, which was kind of an all-encompassing degree of marketing, advertising, public relations, kind of a mix of all of it, which was pretty cool, and ended up, you know, getting the job that I could because I moved from Florida to Oklahoma and got a job in marketing and really started to fall in love with it. Like it was, I didn't know if I would actually do the job that I went to school for. It turns out I did. I really love it. And 
the part that I really love about it is that I, for some reason, found it along the way that marketing does not have to be crappy. You mm -hmm. know, marketing is neutral. C certainly people can do it in a very sleazy way. We seem to remember those, but I think it is so fun. Like I can walk down a street and be like, that is a really cool marketing tagline. That is a really cool thing. Um, our mutual connection, Megan, I remember she was on a trip one time and she sent me a picture of a store, like it was a brick and mortar. And I think it was just donuts or maybe it was some sort of bakery, but it doesn't matter what it was. The store, like the bakery only had one thing that they sold. And she took a picture and she said, this is niching down. Like mm -hmm, I'm seeing mm -hmm. this as they niche down to, they have this one thing. Like you could get a cup of coffee and a pastry or something like that. And I thought how fun that I get to kind of ride alongside these people who I get to interact with and they go for it and see amazing marketing in the world. Yes. Okay. So for people who um, are less familiar, let's just, I know there's going to be a lot who listen, who, but this is all just good reinforcement. First of all, marketing, would you say it's storytelling? It's like capturing um, an idea, a story, and then presenting it as well as possible. So it's compelling in some way. And then that's my kind of idea, but I want to hear what you think of marketing. And then when you say niche down, I know what that means. Can you explain what that means for people and why it's so important to do that? Right. So marketing, I do think that great marketing is storytelling. When I think about what marketing is, I think it is sharing information. Sometimes that's a story. Sometimes it's an invitation to take mm -hmm. you up on the next step. So I think marketing and sales can get really confusing for a lot of people, including myself. Like, is this marketing? Is this sales? Because it's all kind of intertwined. But I think of marketing as sharing information. You and I both have a podcast. That is great marketing because we're sharing information for free for people that need it and want it and are searching for it. And then maybe mid-roll in the episode, you say, hey, by the way, lit training is open and you can sign up and you have an invitation to take that next step and go deeper. Hmm. In my opinion, all of that is marketing and it's sharing. And, and, and oftentimes it does include a lot of storytelling for sure. And I think in the sharing, you, to whatever degree, are establishing some kind of authority, I think is the best way to say it, but that um, some kind of trust that, you know, you see something, whether it's marketing for good shoes or marketing for good movement, and you see it enough and it it, it resonates in some way. And, and like you said, that that invites you to at least go down the next step of either learning more or making some kind of purchase that would actually, you know, get you involved more. But yeah. in terms of the um, audience, like, or that, that you know, product, because you said niche down in terms of this was the one thing they sold, but I'm also right. thinking of the niche. So yeah. can you kind of explain those differences? Yeah, so niche, and I feel like every time I talk about this, we have to address the fact that some people say niche and some people say, say niche. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Whatever way you want to say niche it is fine. Or niche. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like niche sounds fancier, so I feel I like that's too. what I yes. picked a long time ago, and so that's yes. why I went with it. But go with whatever. 
I think in terms of the dictionary, because I grew up in a very intellectual family that debated (laughs) about every possible pronunciation, including like, this is not my strength. Most people say this is not my forte. But the actual first pronunciation is fort. People say forte because it does sound kind of fancier. And forte is meaning loud, actually, in, in other languages. But it is an accepted um, pronunciation now, but that was so. We, there's a lot of debates because my mom is like super intellectual, and so I do know niche is the, uh, the I think the first pronunciation. So there well, we go. there we go. I trust your mom. <laughs> yes. So so I'm in. We're both saying it right. Is what I'm going to think about this. Yeah. So niching down is really identifying a small section of an audience um, of a group of people. Um, and so, for example, if if someone wanted to work with moms, that is a niche. Mm-hmm. If someone wanted to work with people that have back pain, that is a niche. And it all of a sudden makes things so much clearer. You and I were talking about how things can get really confusing when you try and tell something and you're like, how do I get this across in an easy, succinct way? Niching actually helps that significantly because if someone like if your audience is yoga teachers, a lot of them. And so I've worked with a lot of yoga teachers and people will say, I'm a yoga teacher. And I, I would say, well, what like what differentiates you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what is the difference between you and this other yoga teacher? Like we are the unique factor as a service provider. But imagine the difference when you can look at someone's website and say, oh, she specializes in scoliosis. Immediately, the person knows, kind of like me in the journalism school, right? This is for me. This isn't for me. And that's exactly what you want. So that is really about niching down, which I don't know how much you talk to your students about this. I obviously talk to them a lot about it. And I get pushback every time I talk about niching down. So I always usually bring that up of, if you're starting to feel the sweat and the push on this, just know that niching, you can take it one offering at a time. Maybe you have one class series that focuses on lower back pain, and that's the niche for that one thing. And it makes it clearer to do that. And also you can change over time. You're not stuck in a box forever to talk about back pain for the rest of your life. Exactly. You can change over time. I think it's almost like a box of chocolates. Like, oh, you can mm. only pick, you know, a few. And you're like, but look at all the other things I'm missing out. And so I think a lot of people, um, you know, I know I came into thinking, I just want to help people move better. But I was mostly, right. but I did, I did like in my reluctant entrepreneurship, I was actually given kind of almost the place, which the placeholder was people are coming to you because they've been a dissatisfied with classical yoga um, practices. They don't like it, how it feels on their body. It feels potentially injurious or something. Um, Mm -hmm. They're curious about understanding the body, not just being told how to move in a variety of way. And um, then I started really becoming a teacher's teacher. A lot of yoga teachers would come to my classes, want to know more. How do I teach this? So I did find that, and I have expanded from that, which, um, to your point, 
is a lot easier that, but I didn't do it as purposefully as you're, as you're recommending. And, um, that would have been nice, but I think it just kind of happened organically for me in that way. But to this day, I still have that feeling like, oh, I just want everybody to experience lit. And I feel that way, but I know that's really not, you know, it's not going to be for everybody. And that's right. great. And I think that's probably what people will feel is they just want, they want to throw out a big net because they just want to teach everybody. But I can tell you from experience, like being really clear on what you offer is not only going to, like you said, make it easier for the person to enter or exit, but it's also going to be make it much easier to articulate. <laughs> yes. And I really love how you just described that it happened organically. You know, I, I really encourage everyone to simply allow that to happen. You know, I talk about niching down a lot and, and getting specific and I can I can sense that pushback. And then I can also sense that people want to figure it out right now. Like as soon as it clicks and they're like, oh, I do need to do that. <laughs> then it's like, I want to know it now. I want to figure it out right now. And oftentimes it takes time. While you might know your niche, the words take some finesse. And that takes a lot of time. And I really love how much you just talked about how you said people came to me because they were looking for this. You know that because you started listening for it. And that told you what your niche was. And it also helped you with the marketing messaging because mm. words are hard. Words are oh really my gosh. hard. Whenever, like everybody out there, if you ever tried <laughs> to make that elevator speech... I, I, I still don't know if I have it. I don't. It's like brutal. You, it's brutal. Like, can I explain <laughs> what I'm offering in and what I've done in, in a minute or two? I, I, I can't. Or 30 seconds. I mean, it's just so hard. But it's, it's so brutal. important. Yeah. You know, I had someone ask me, I'm in, I'm in this group and I'm learning a lot. I think this is one thing that um, as we continue as entrepreneurs in our business, we constantly need to be in a room with people who know more than us and surround ourselves with people. And so I am going through this program and the, and the leader of the program said, I want you to tell me the problem you solve in one word. Wow. Right. My word I, would be education, but- um, Yeah. Because people, you know, they don't know. So they're, you know, whether it's like getting injured or not right. having enough energy, all that. But that's, but yeah, it's very hard. Isn't Very it hard? hard? It took quite a bit for me to really wrap my mind around that, even though I definitely love the idea of niching down and getting specialized and knowing the problem that you solve. Trying to articulate it in one word is really interesting. That was an interesting exercise to go down. What did you end up saying? So it took me a while. And, and I will say this, so I'll tell you the word, but it's also not necessarily the word I would lead with in marketing. Because the problem that we often solve is the problem that the person doesn't necessarily know. They they might be experiencing a pain point in another way. So, for example, me working with entrepreneurs, it's lack of progress. Most people that come to me are like, I want to do this, and they're not taking action. But the problem that I actually help them solve is self-doubt. Hmm. Because the self-doubt is causing right. the lack of progress. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. And I think what you said about being around some other people who have experience, I can't recommend that enough. Because right. when I had the studio, um, 
I was just winging it. I mean, I, you know, whatever. And then finally right. I thought, oh, there was a small business women's group that I was invited to. If I had not been invited to that, I don't know if I would have just, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I am a, a woman's business owner or whatever. <laughs> I went there and I was just talking to some women. And this one woman had this very, uh, she had shops everywhere in town, was very successful. And she was just asking what I did. And I was explaining it. And I'd given her the card that I had for the studio. And she said, why doesn't, why doesn't it say on here that you're a physical therapist? Now, looking back now, people that know me, it's like, that's like a, that's like a lead thing. But I wasn't even speaking to something that I was qualified as because it was a yoga studio. And I just was sat there kind of stunned. And it was that one woman like just opened up like, oh, yeah, well, of course I should say that. I mean, I'm bringing it into everything I talk about already. Today's podcast is sponsored by Aminoco. I've been using Aminoco products for well over a year, and I really love them. I love the taste, but most importantly, I love the science-backed health benefits. Today, I'm going to tell you about life. Life is the name of it. So life is really great for those of us over age 40. Why? Because did you know muscle and heart function start to decline after age 40. So in clinical trials, life has been shown to enhance the physical function and muscle strength while supporting normal cardiovascular health. So at age 53 and a half, I'm really concerned about maintaining my muscle density and of course my heart health. So I use this, I put one scoop in with water, but you could put it into a smoothie, you can put it into juice, and it is vegan, it is GMO-free, and it is patent-produced. It's an amazing, amazing product, and you can go to aminoco.com, that's A-M-I-N-O-C-O.com slash lit and save 30%. Um, so anyway, I think what she, basically what she said was, you know, um, if I had gone to a yoga studio and knew, and knew that you were a PT, or I would have gone to a yoga studio knowing you're a PT because I've tried ah. yoga and it injured my back. And so, you know, again, it's like, there's a problem. I'm solving it just by that my knowledge and I wasn't utilizing. So I think a message probably that you tell people too is we all have our own gifts, our background, education, whatever it might be that we might not be speaking to in a way that is actually amplifying the message. Would you say that you've seen that? Oh, gosh. In my own life, in every client I've ever had, because it's so hard to do it for ourselves. because oftentimes that gift that we have doesn't feel like a gift to us. It feels like it's a natural thing that we just do. Um, and so we try and name it all these different things. Like we say, you know, this is what I do. And we list the features, right? You get three classes with this glass pass or whatever. And it's like, okay, we need to think about what the benefit is. But oftentimes we can't see that for ourselves, mm. So we have to have it reflected in conversation. So just like you did with that one lady, you know, you're telling her about you and then you hand the card and she had the moment of these two things don't add up. You just yeah. told me one thing, but it's not on the card, but you had probably never thought that. Never thought of it. And now I look back and I think, what a, what a... <laughs> What a dodo. Right. What? But it was so, it was, but it was one of those moments. And that's what happens too. If we are willing to put ourselves out there and then listen to the people who do have, um, 
just that knowledge base because they're again going to come right in and ask the questions sometimes that we need for clarification. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think there's so many of us that want to help someone one or five steps behind us because we struggled. So mm-hmm. all we want to do, whether it's in movement of our bodies or entrepreneurship or whatever, like we're so willing to help. We need to remember that people ahead of us want to do that for us. They want to help us as well. And so I think so often we can get in our own way when it comes to that. Like you probably didn't go to a lot of events until that first time for whatever reason. And once you see the benefit, it's like like reaching out to people like yourself. Like now I get to be in a room with you, right? Where you get to share some amazing nuggets of wisdom with me. And it's simply a conversation of like, hey, can you introduce me or can I be in a room with you? Um, which can feel scary sometimes. Yeah, but it's, I think what, if we all remember, like we're all kind of stumbling along a little bit and we're, and, <laughs> yeah. and we just are, but it's kind of like the tumbleweed. We're like acquiring something along the way. Something is sticking yeah. and then we're bringing it with us. And, and it's there to, to, again, be, it feels good to help others and to learn from others. And I think that's in a way, coming from a non-business background, that has been an advantage because I just go in and I don't, I don't mind if I, like, I, I don't even think about like, is this a stupid question? I'm just, and people will be like, oh, that's a great question. And I'm sure it's actually something pretty simple, but um, other people might have been afraid to ask, and I'm just not afraid to ask because I'm like very clear that this is not something that I learned. This was not my expertise. Let's talk about. I wrote down some things that you had said um, that I thought were so powerful, like done is better than perfect. Mm. This is, I think, wonderful for people who tend to be like maybe not as task oriented or kind of procrastinators and also for the like overachievers. Right. So it's kind of it hits everybody. How did you come up and I love it it's like in pink too how did you come up with that and then you said collaboration over competition which is what mm-hmm. we've been talking about and right. the other thing you um I wrote down is that you were appreciated so can you kind of mm. talk about what these are what these pillars are about and how you came up with them yeah these are part of my core values when I when I think mm. about my business and and you know if we went back to 2017 version of Amanda, who was starting her business, so nervous about all the things. I didn't have these words. You know, I think they were all part of me. I don't think it's brand new things, but I didn't have the words. And I say that because, again, I think we can get really wrapped up into the words and it stops us from making forward progress, which is where done is better than perfect came from. I kept saying, like, just take action. It doesn't have to be perfect. And I was saying this to myself. This is someone who I am definitely in the, I want things to be perfect and look great and sound awesome all the time. (laughs) And so I'm on that side of the spectrum. But I, you know, what I've seen time and time again in my business and as well as other people's is it's never going to be perfect. Like ever, there is no such thing as perfect. So done is so much better because done means you're taking a step forward, just like you've talked about the entire time of you took one step. You didn't really know what you're doing. You're winging it. But look at how much you've accomplished 
And if you hadn't just taken a step, like you wouldn't have all the things you have today. So I live and breathe by done is better than perfect. And every student who's listened to me, which we have so many collaborative students, they're all laughing right now because they've heard it so many times that like um, one of them, I will not call this person out, but said, we should have a drinking game. Every, Every time, time you Amanda say that. says that. <laughs> it's kind of like in PT when we say it depends. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. 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 And then you were saying, yeah, go ahead with the other ones. So collaboration over competition. My gosh, every mm. day, all day, twice on Sunday, like as much as I could say it, you know, so many people can get tripped up with the idea of competition where and, and there there could be people out there that will view you as competition and look at it in that way. But there's a lot more who are like, let's lift each other up. Mm, you know, I agree. I agree. And let's do this together. And so find those people because my gosh, entrepreneurship is hard, but it is so much easier when you have other people. And so collaborations are just super duper fun. And then the final one you said was just, uh, I mean, you have a couple of them, oh, but that oh. one was like, you said, I just said, it, I wrote it, where did it go? Oh, you are appreciated. Yes, you are appreciated. So this was a really interesting one for me. So as I was going down the process of writing my book, which was a whole thing, I mean, you've created a lot of content and a lot of curriculum. So I'm sure it's very, very similar. And like, it's a lot of research, a lot of writing and and one of the things I knew I wanted to talk about was core values for entrepreneurship. Like you are the you are the leader of this business, no matter if it's only you or you hire contractors, you hire full time employees. It doesn't matter. You are the leader. And so understanding our core values is so important. But dang it, I did not like the idea of taking a list of core values and picking from them. Like I just had this aversion to it. It had never worked for me. I also, all I could remember was a corporate, my corporate days of like the teamwork poster on the wall. And I was like, I will not do that. So all this to say, I, I found, I stumbled across something online and it, it was from, I hope I say this right. It's in the book correctly. I know. I think it's Coactive Teaching Institute or Coactive Institute or something, something along those lines. They have an exercise for understanding your values and one of the questions was to was to really reflect on suppressed values and so i asked myself what pisses me off right and so i just sat outside and thought about it for a little bit and one of the things that really gets under my skin not everyone is going to feel this way but i really value being appreciated and I value appreciating others. Now, I, I make a clear distinction about this for myself. It's not recognition, it's appreciation. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people I think compare those two or kind of combine those two. And I recognize that I value being appreciated, so therefore it's gonna be in my business. And so when I thought about it from a business aspect, uh, the value is you are appreciated. We appreciate you, like that idea. Because if I can show appreciation to the people who interview me on their podcast like yourself, the people who trust me to help them in their business, the ripple effect of that is so big. 
in this world. And so that core value of appreciation is huge for me. And I always want anyone who's interacting with me to feel appreciated and take that ripple effect into the world. Mm, I love that so much. I, I think that's a beautiful core value too, right? That it's, and that it, it, it comes into play daily. It can be every interaction that is seemingly quotidian, you know, going to the grocery store and somebody bagging right. your groceries, whatever it is. It's just, um, I, I like, I love it when I bag my own groceries and the person's <laughs> like, oh, thank you for doing that. You know, it's like, I'm not right. doing it for their acknowledgement. I'm doing it to be helpful. And, but they're seeing that and not just like brushing it aside. Again, I don't need it, but it like, it, it is, there's an energy to it. Um, <laughs> and like you said that there's a ripple effect. Well, I love that so much. So tell us more about your book. Okay. So, cause writing a book we know is not a small feat. What's in there? Who is it for? Um, and where can everybody get it? <laughs> yes. I am super excited to share this with the world. And I think when I went down this path of writing a book, I, I signed up for a writing program, which was very smart for someone like me who really needs structure and appreciate structure. And writing a book is very unstructured for a bit, you know? And so I needed a program to kind of follow and keep me on task. And so I signed up for this program very much assuming I would write a book about marketing. Like I went into it thinking okay, I'm going to write about marketing. And I, I was met with so many different moments in this writing process, one of which was my husband and I moved his dad in for a period of time to be his caregiver. And I had this moment, which I think you're just going to really enjoy this question. I was sitting on the couch and he was in the recliner and and I'm writing and I thought, you know, he is the most important right now. Like family is the most important. And so my business was still running. I'm very fortunate that I had a business that continued to run where I could take a back seat, but I was still present, but less hours, you know. But I thought if we are working in this situation for a long time, things are going to have to change with my business and he is more important. And so I thought if the business burns down, what would I rebuild? And I had this moment and I wrote the book that I would want to write, not the one I thought I should write. Mm. And so I wrote this book and in and, and this, like one of the first chapters is, which became the title of the book is Why Not You? Because I started writing and I thought, you, my dear friend on the other side of this, like you are encouraging others. You have this passion. Why can't you do this? Like, I believe in you. Why not you? because I say this to people all the time. And so I had this whole thing about like, oh my gosh, I just want people who I ended up calling the accidental entrepreneur of those people who are stumbling into entrepreneurship. I wanted to give them something, a guidebook to follow. And so mm. the book is that guidebook. And so sure, I'll talk about marketing until the day I die probably. But if you don't get these first few things, figure it out, you'll feel like you're stumbling for longer. Mm -hmm. So the book is called Why Not You? An Accidental Entrepreneur's Guide to Success. And it'll be published in June of 2023. I'm excited. Wow. It'll be where books are sold, Amazon Bookshop, this Barnes is amazing. Everybody should get this because I know when I started to become aware, like I really got to start learning this stuff. I went out and got some of the old standards, which are great. You know, like the right. small biz. I can't remember them now, but it's like the kind of the Bible for small businesses. And what it shows you is like 
everybody like it gives the example of the baker who loves baking <laughs> and then all of a sudden they, they decide to open up a store it basically almost tries to talk you out of doing stuff <laughs> Do you know which book I'm talking about? I anyway, think I it's, do. It's, it's a standard one. Yeah. Um, and it's, bas- it's basically learned from other people's mistakes. And that was valuable, but um, it wasn't as much like, a, yeah, like kind of a pro you, you can do this and here are the tools to do it. Right. And I think, um, yeah, I can't wait to read it. I always, I'm always still learning because... You know, the thing is, we're never there just like in life. And and if it means even if I had to, you know, I, like I'm always willing. And I think that's also a good gift, I think, as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur is being willing to pivot, to change, to, to you know, slim down, to, to, to grow. Whatever it is, is just not being attached to an, an idea of what we should be doing or shouldn't be doing. Right. I always like to say that we have got to stop shooting ourselves. Yes, because, absolutely. dang it, will it take us on the wrong path? We're going to get too far down that dang path and we're going to mm-hmm. be unhappy. And again, that's like so much of what ended up being in this book. You know, I talk about defining success. That's a really big piece of it because I didn't do that. I, I love setting goals and I stand by setting 90-day goals forever probably, but... I was choosing to believe that these goals were my success. And so the goalpost of success kept moving and I could never get there. And gosh, what a terrible situation that is. And so like this whole idea of just understanding what you want and what success is for you and writing this book just opened up so much because I, what I call it is your you promise. And you make this promise, you declare these things and it guides you no matter what pivots come your way. You know, if you have a yoga business and it is thriving and then five years from now, you're like, I actually think I want to open up a flower shop because that serves me more. Like you still got your guidebook. Good to go. I love it. It's like a pl- it's like life lessons almost. Right. You know, it sounds yes. like. So yeah. this will be available in June, which is probably when this is coming out. So that will be exciting. And then we'll have to do a follow-up because I'm sure people will have questions um, because you're lovely and I could talk to you all day and I know I'm going to pick your brain once we're off air about some things. And I just appreciate your time, your energy, your appreciation is just, it's like a cloak you're wearing. I can just Uh. feel that everyone in your aura is is benefiting from you because of just your energy and generosity. So thank you so much. Gosh, thank you. I'll take all of those words and hold them very near and dear to my heart for sure. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. And everyone, make sure you check out Amanda in the show notes, all of her information, her book. And as always, I'm pulling for you. 